Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Hi Christchurch London, Uh, so good to be with you at church at home today. A special day uh, because by the end of today we'll have had five in-person Christchurch London services. First time since Christmas and we're really excited about that. I know that for some of you, you'll be staying at home for a while and we uh, bless you, we're all for that. Uh, But I trust too that you'll be able to share in the excitement of many as we start to gather again, which is indeed uh, what I think we're meant to be doing, uh, certainly over, over over this coming period. I get to preach at two services live today. I'm really looking forward to that as well. And I'm sort of seeing this next phase of church life, the quite a distinct phase as we come out of lockdown from essentially now, the middle of April, through until the end of the church retreat at the end of August. And just quickly to say, please do put those dates in your diary. For the last weekend in August for the church retreat, we are so looking forward to all being together. We're trusting God for a really, really special, memorable time Get those dates in your diary. Don't let anything else get in there. We're so uh, looking forward to that. All the details on the website. But we're looking at this this period as a uh, a special period. And so we've been praying and saying, God, is there anything you particularly want to say to us? How should we conduct ourselves? How should we live as we come out of lockdown? And I want to base what I've got to say this morning on the early church's first equivalent experience. Uh, For them, lockdown uh, was the result of persecution, not a global pandemic. Uh, But nonetheless, there were some very similar traits to it, as I hope you'll see, as we look at this together and reflect on those verses that we've just heard read. The church, of course, had started literally with a bang as the spirit fell at Pentecost. Lots of people came to faith. There were miracles There would have been incredible, intense excitement and enthusiasm in Jerusalem. But it wasn't long before there was a kickback, before persecution broke out, led by the leading religious leader, Pharisee of the time, Saul. And we're told that it was a very systematic persecution. Saul knew what he was doing. He was actually intent in wiping out the church of Jesus Christ before it got going. So we're told he went from house to house. You know, it's hard for us, I think, to step into the shoes of these early Christians and understand how traumatic this persecution would have been uh, had we been there. We would, I'm sure, as they did, have dreaded that knock at the door. Are there any followers of Jesus Christ in this place? Then a search, a finding of individuals. It wasn't just systematic 
It was literally life-changing if you got hauled off to jail. No time to say goodbye to your loved ones. No time to grab a few favourite possessions. You were off and you didn't know whether you were coming out again. You didn't know that partly because we're also told that the leading Pharisee Saul was breathing murderous threats. He wasn't just intent on teaching the church a lesson. He was very happy, focused on ending people's lives as well. And it was also a far-reaching persecution. Uh, we find by chapter 8 of Acts, where this is all recorded, that Saul is now in Damascus. This is a full 200 miles from Jerusalem. Uh, you not only had to get out, but you had to get some distance away if there was any chance that you were going to feel safe in that period. It must have been incredibly traumatic for them. And whilst clearly it's a different experience from the experience we've been through, I think there are parallels. And we're told in one of the verses that we've read this morning that the church after this persecution enjoyed a time of peace. Well, are we trusting God too for a time of peace right now? Now I want to draw out just a number of lessons, just from the, this, this verse, uh, which we can apply to our life as we emerge out of lockdown and seek to serve this city. But uh, just before we get to the detail of this verse, I just want to make one more general observation, if you like, and it's simply this. The church survived that persecution and has been surviving, enduring and growing ever since. Of course, the early Christians wouldn't have known that. They'd have thought, are we going to make it? Maybe Saul will get his way. Maybe the church will get wiped out. But the reality is that now for 2,000 years, despite many persecutions, despite wars, famines and plagues, and despite many thoughtful people prophesying our ends, the church of Jesus Christ has endured and has grown and still grows in many, many parts of the world today. And I want to remind you of this as we come out of lockdown because I want our hearts to be full of confidence. You will have heard, as I have heard, talks about, is this the end of the global city? Is this the end of London? Is this the end of the church? I just want to remind you, the church has been in this city for the 2,000 years of its existence and has survived things more demanding, even more demanding uh, than this plague. Uh, we had, of course, the Black Plague, and the Black Plague wasn't just a one-off event, but actually for over 300 years, the plague would visit the London communities every 20 or 30 years and would kill up to 20% of the population. It must have been a, a terrifying experience. People would have fled the city. They would have left, of course. But it was the Christians who kept worshipping and kept caring. Many of the most famous London uh, hospitals that we have started as monasteries. St Thomas's, St Bartholomew's and many others started as ways of Christians expressing love and compassion to this city. The church survived the plague, the Black Plague, it survived the Great Fire. You know, the Great Fire of London wiped out 70% of all housing and many, many churches. 
but it didn't spell the end. As the black fire, as the black fire, as the great fire finished, so people started planning on the rebuilding. And we know many of the most beautiful churches in London came out of that period. We've been through a difficult period, but it's not the end, but it actually gives an opportunity for rebirth. And the church has also survived the blitz, the daily bombing for 57 days, I think it was. As much of this city was deeply traumatised and affected. And of course, one of the, the metaphors for the church's endurance and the church's durability were those photos of bombs raining down on this city, but the cathedral of St Paul's undamaged and even though a bomb gets stuck in its dome it doesn't go off and I think it just produces a metaphor it just produces a picture and I'm not trying to you know uh, speak up war or anything of that sort but I think it does provide a powerful picture of the endurance of the church and just as the church survived this first persecution it's been surviving ever since it will continue to do so. God's intent is that his kingdom one day fills the whole earth. And so too here we can know and have confidence in this city that the church of Jesus Christ will continue to grow and will continue to endure. So what can we learn from these verses? Well, first, as we said, it was a time of peace, a time of peace after persecution. And I want to suggest that that peace is really important for all of us right now. We've all been affected by the last year. Some of us can literally itemise the different ways that this pandemic has affected us. Others might have more trouble articulating it, but we know. At least on days we felt funny and strange and known we've not been ourselves. And so if, as we pray at this point, that we have a summer of peace, I want to encourage you to make the most of it. I want to encourage you not to be afraid to prioritise your own needs. That is not necessarily uh, an ungodly thing. Jesus told us, pray for your daily bread. As Liam reminded me just the other day, when we're on an aeroplane, we're told if the uh, oxygen mask come down, fit the one for yourself and then fit them for others. And where you can at this point, I want to encourage you to look to have rest, peace, experiences where your own needs and those that you're responsible for are met as well. Have fun. Hang out with others. Uh, leaders of one of, the, one of our Central and Covent Garden Service Connect Groups actually met in St James's Park the other day. Uh, they were very good. They kept the guidelines very well in mind. They stayed in groups of six. But they said it was just so wonderful to be together. And that is what we're wired to do. I want to encourage you. Respect the guidelines. But where you can gather in parks, in gardens, uh, outside restaurants, uh, wherever you can, gather with others. We are made uh, to be together and it will do us good. Also, where you know that for yourself, you've taken a particular hit during this pandemic, allow time to recover. Uh, they say there's two ways 
of getting power into a car battery that's gone flat. And the first is you jump start it, just tie it up to, a, to another car and boom, off you go. The only thing is that if you jump start a car too often, then the battery dies. In the same way, a body can't take too often, just, just get going again. Sometimes what's needed is actually a trickle charge. It's like connecting a car battery to the mains and leaving it overnight while it slowly builds up energy and reserves and power again. And I want to encourage us, Christchurch London, not to be afraid to allow time, time in God's presence, time in prayer, time together, and to trickle charge our way back to full strength. And as we do so, sometimes we'll just be able to sit back and enjoy it. Uh, other times we'll actually need to just push ourselves a little bit. Lockdown's a, a weird thing. Uh, some days I've longed for it to be over. Other days I've thought, oh, it's going to be a bit tricky. It's going to demand things of me that I've become unused to when lockdown is over and I have to go out to fulfil my responsibilities. And we need to hear the words of Isaiah and others of the Old Testament prophets. Wake up, O sleeper. And where we know that lockdown has made us in some ways, spiritually or in other ways, soporific or dull, then I want to encourage us to trickle charge, build up strength, enjoy being with others, have fun, but also at the right times awake, push yourself just that little bit to get out and to get about. And of course, as we do all of this, I want to encourage you to watch out for thought patterns, negative thought patterns that disempower you. So much of how we feel comes from the way in which we think. And one of the amazing things about being new creations, about who we are in Christ, is that we can now think differently. Your thoughts don't have to happen to you. You can think them and you can think positive or godly thoughts. That's why Paul, when he writes to the Philippians, says, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, anything that's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He's saying, focus your mind in certain ways. And I think that will be a powerful element too, as we come out of lockdown, to particularly focus our minds in positive and in godly ways, to think about his things, rather than to allow our mind to be dominated by others. Well, that time of peace, which the church in Jerusalem, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed, I trust we will get to enjoy too at this point in time. And we're told that after that time of peace, that the church was strengthened. What does it look like to be strengthened? Well, in my 20s, I had pneumonia. I was hospitalised, I was quite sick. I remember convalescing and getting to the point where I thought, I think I'm well enough now to go out of the house for the first time for some considerable period. For some reason, and to this day I do not why, do not know why, but I ended up in my first trip out in one of those, in a big supermarket. And I got to the top of an aisle and I remember looking down at it and my body was essentially shriveled and weak. And I thought, whew, it looks a long way down to the other end of that aisle. And I just started sort of slowly, gingerly walking down. And this guy, 50 years my senior, with a walking stick, 
just cruised past me. And I thought, oh my word, I realised just how weak I am. But over time, strength returned. Muscle was rebuilt. And as strength came back, I started finding myself feeling more positive and starting to think, oh, I remember who I am, as it were. I'm God's son. I'm, I have a mission. I'm called to serve people. It was actually uh, during that period that my mind clarified that God was asking me uh, to start my first church. And I want to suggest that as we come through this time of peace, we too should be expecting to strengthen, to uh, focus on others, to focus externally, to remind ourselves we are the church of Jesus Christ. We're here for the salvation of others. We're here to be good news. And so our orientation changes and our focus changes as a result. We're here to fill this city with services and with churches to work for the cultural good, for the social good and for the spiritual great benefit of everyone who's here. Come on church, as we start to gain strength, we must remind each other of this great calling that God has given us as a result. We're told that the church here had a time of peace, was strengthened, and then there were two characteristics. Firstly, they lived living in the fear of God. What does it mean to, to live in the fear of God? Uh, well, I want to suggest that it means that you remember ultimately and first and primarily that God exists, he rules, he reigns, and our lives are shaped around him. And it's, it's like it's a healthy respect of him. So as we come out of lockdown, it's not just, oh, let me get back to all the things that I used to do, but rather, no, as I come out, I recommit to him. He's the one who rules the universe. He's the one who shapes the days of my life. And therefore, I look to him for guidance. I surrender afresh. I give all that I have, or maybe the little that I have, but I make it available. Five loaves, two fishes. Here, Lord, do whatever you want with me. This is a time to create new habits, new habits of the heart that will strengthen us and cause us to have spiritual vitality. It's all very well to talk about a church becoming strong. A church only becomes strong when the individuals within it have strength. And so we're to live in the fear of the Lord, and that means our own hearts before him. I want to suggest too, it also means where possible, and as it is safe for each of us to do so, to gather together again. When the writer to the Hebrews wrote to the early believers and said, do not give up meeting together as some have done, it was actually a time of persecution, similar, I guess, to a lockdown. But he goes on, encourage one another. And he, he doesn't spell out all the psychology or the anthropology of this. He just makes the point, you and I need one another. And so as we can, we live under the, well, we live under the fear of God. And then as we can, we also seek to be together. And Luke, who's writing these verses, says that as they lived in the fear of God, they were encouraged by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was at work amongst them. 
That phrase, encouraged by the Holy Spirit, is only used in this one place. So really to understand the full breadth of its meaning, we actually need to look at how does the Holy Spirit encourage in other places? And I did a a very quick and unexhaustive uh, list from Luke's Gospel and Acts, same author. And it's the Holy Spirit that pours love out into our hearts. You may be like, well, I don't know whether I need that. Well, the Son of God needed that. At his baptism, we're told, Luke says, he came out of the water and he hears this voice, you, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And sure, that was for his disciples to hear that. But I want to suggest it was even for the man Jesus to hear that too. That when we hear those words, I am loved, when we experience the love of God, as Paul puts it in Romans, poured out into our hearts, it does us good like nothing else. And I suggest that during a time of peace, the church here was experiencing the love of God poured out amongst them. We're told that the Holy Spirit gives us joy when life is difficult. There've been many challenges, there will be challenges. We're to be characterised not by just getting through, but by having so much of the Holy Spirit that our lives are full of joy. We're just thankful to God for who he is and what he's done and what he has for us in the future. The Holy Spirit gives us direction when we need it. Many times, this is instant throughout Acts. If you at this point in time know you need courage to be the person you're made to be, to say the things that are important to you without being intimidated, to say God's words to others, then you need more of the Holy Spirit. For it's the Holy Spirit that makes us courageous, or as Luke describes it once in Acts, fearless. No about you, I want to live a fearless life. Well, get more of the Holy Spirit if that's the case for you. And the Holy Spirit does those things, but also he creates a deep sense of community. Christian community is different from other sorts of community because it's brought about by the Spirit of God that joins people's hearts and even creates unity and peace where there's been division across ethnic boundaries. Wonderful story in Acts chapter 10. We don't have time to go to it now. But where it's the pouring out of the Spirit that brings unity to the church. Just as we are looking for building a multi-ethnic church formed and shaped by the Spirit where love and respect and unity and care and hospitality uh, are the marks of it. So I want to encourage you, because we come out of lockdown, I want to encourage you to seek the Holy Spirit He said, like a dove, the Bible likens him to a dove, sensitive. But let's pray. Let's pray for more of the Spirit. I've been reminded in recent days of what happened in this city 160 years ago. News started to reach London in August of 1858 of a new outpouring of the Spirit in Ireland and Wales and Scotland. So often God first starts working on and in the margins. As a result of hearing this news, a hundred people started to gather to pray in the summer in the city of London in Bishopsgate. By Christmas time, this had spread. There were 30 prayer meetings that were meeting 
daily, there were 90 that were meeting every week, praying for revival. And these prayer meetings were characterised by people from very different backgrounds, top city business people, artisans, and those who were working in labouring manual jobs, gathering together from different denominations, all crying, Lord, we need to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. You know, during the next year, the churches started running out of seats and they started doing what actually we've done and other churches have done over the last couple of decades and started renting theatres. Sadler's Wells, the Garrick, other well-known theatres were rented uh, on a weekly basis. We're told that by New Year's Day in 1860, that numbers in these theatres were overwhelming and immense. They started having special Sunday afternoon meetings for inquirers and for people who've just come to faith. One observer wrote of one of them that in the, in the theatre, that all those seeking faith or just having come to faith was such that the crowd felt like it was cramming to the roof. There was this wonderful sense, many people pressing into God. I want to encourage us that as we come out of lockdown, that we should be praying and filling our mind and our vision with what God could do again in this city in the time to come. This was not just the time of spiritual renewal, though it was critical, crucial, and at the centre of it all, this was the age of Shaftesbury, putting down legislation for the safety of children, for the care of women, for the, for the rights of women. This was the age of the Booths and the Salvation Army. As they said, no, there's no such thing as the undeserving poor. God loves everyone and we will go to them. And they went to them in their hundreds and their thousands in the East End of London, where we have the privilege of working today. And so as we come out of this lockdown period, I want to encourage you, enjoy this time of peace. Allow your heart to be strengthened by God. Live in fear of him. He is the one to be feared. But be open to the Holy Spirit. And let us trust, as a result of all of that, that we, like the church that we've read about this morning, will increase in numbers. So looking forward to being together in person. So looking forward to all that God will do with us during this next season and in us. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to christchurchlondon.org.